Hello and welcome to the Golf Shake podcast, coming to you a day after an enthralling and thrilling and just incredibly dramatic Masters tournament from Augusta National, where Sergio Garcia, finally it was his time, he claimed a major championship at the 74th attempt by overcoming England's Justin Rose in a tense playoff to conclude the first major of the year. An incredibly entertaining major championship. And my name is Kieran Clark. And I'm joined this week once again by Owen Davis, who was so good last week, we've brought him back again. Owen, I can't recall the last time I felt quite so tense and nervous and excited watching the last night of a golf tournament. Have you recovered from it quite yet? No, no, I'm still sleep deprived and uh, struggled to go to sleep uh, after watching that. I thought it was absolutely uh, just brilliant, brilliant stuff. Um, great for the game and um, two great players. I, I, I loved every, th- every single minute of it. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, obviously, you know, Sergio came in with so many questions to answer about you know, his record in major championships. The fact, he hadn't quite crossed the line in the past. He's come close, obviously, on a number of occasions. We remember Carnoustie in 2007. We remember the following year's USPGA Championship, where Porig Harrington was the one who kind of de- defeated him on both of those occasions. And there was, you know, obviously, we've had questions throughout the years about Sergio's mentality, his attitude. Uh, he's questioned it himself whether he actually could cross the line in a major championship. And to come out here and to overcome a formidable opponent in Justin Rose, a guy who obviously is just a peerless competitor, he was so solid throughout. And Sergio, he answered those questions. He obviously had a mid- mid-round stumble and he came back from that so impressively. I think when we saw him, we, he obviously he started fairly well and he missed that birdie putt on eight. He dropped shots in 10, 11, then he hit that tee shot in 13 into the trees. And at that point, you know, we began to question whether it was going to be another one of those days for Sergio. But since then, Owen, after that point, he pretty much didn't miss a shot. He hit, made a great par in 13 and played so well from there. You know, just how impressed were you, Owen, by the way that Sergio bounced back on those last five or six holes? Well, I was, uh, I was hugely impressed and I have to say uh, slightly amazed. Um, I really didn't give him a lot of chance before the week started. I think he's always going to be up there around, uh, around Augusta, but uh, yeah. I, I've got major doubts over his putting and, and maybe still have a little bit, but um, the quality of his ball striking meant that he could overcome uh, almost anything on the greens, it would seem. And um, I certainly didn't see him uh, coming back mentally from those disappointments um, around Eamon Corner uh, and yeah. around the turn. And I, I really did. I'd, I'd written him off at that point. Um, so, you know, I'm delighted for him and I was absolutely shocked uh, and quite surprised that he managed to do that. And it's just a, a testament to him and his mental strength um, that he's always he's always obviously had it, uh, but it's something that hasn't been in evidence. And um, it was just a fantastic sporting comeback to see someone uh, battle his demons the way he has done over the years uh, and come back and finally triumph. It was it was quite amazing. It certainly was, and I think many of us felt the same way. You know, after that tee shot in 13, that this was going to be the, the wheels had come off, so, so to speak, and Justin Rose was obviously in control at that point, was playing so well, really kind of picking apart the course, just the, the way he does. And but Sergio, again, as I said earlier, he, he answered the questions we've always had. You know, can he do it under pressure? Could, when he was faced with adversity. Did he have the will and determination to overcome that? And he certainly did. And of course, he had this, the immense ball striking. You know, some of the shots he played, the drives, the iron shots were just imperious into the greens within you know close close proximity. You know, the eagle on fifteen was just one of the great masters moments. And oh, and I must say, I very nearly punched the air in delight. And I try not to root for anybody watching golf, but I just 
that, that that moment in 15 was just so incredible. And really, I think when I think of, about this Masters, that 15th hole is probably the, the, those two shots, the iron shot and then the putt, will be the moment I remember most of all. What about you? Yeah, I think that's an absolute iconic moment and uh, will go down uh, in history and in folklore uh, for the Masters. It was, a, it was a truly, it was a great drive, number one, uh, to set yep. it up. It's something he needed to do. And that drive isn't easy, although on the TV screens it looks it looks fairly wide. There's obviously a very narrow gap there uh, that you can get it through. And yep. um, it was a great tee shot, set it up, and just a, an absolute class uh, iron shot into the green. Uh, actually hit the pin as well, I believe. So could have been mm-hmm. even better. But um, yeah, a truly remarkable shot and one um, I'll remember for a very, very long time. And uh, yeah, we'll go down in folklore, I'm sure. Oh, absolutely. And then, of course, we saw Justin Rose come back and play a great shot on 16. Sergio played a great shot on 16, but probably had the tougher angle with the putt from that side of the hole. Justin hold his putt. Sergio missed his. Then, of course, in 17, you know, Justin went on there and he dropped a shot on 17, which, of course, was a crucial moment and opened the door for, for Garcia. But he couldn't quite hold his birdie putt in 17. He actually came up short. I think that's probably the, one of the worst putts he hit all day. That was the one point that perhaps the pressure may have got to him. But then, of course, they went to 18, which you mentioned being 15 being a tough driving hole. 18 is just an incredibly narrow alley off that tee. And they both just hit incredible shots there. And, uh, you know, Sergio heading in close, really, I think, very similar to the putt that Sandy Lyle had back in 1988, a, a slightly shorter version of that one, but from the same line, never an easy putt to judge, and he seemed to misread it and uh, obviously had a chance to win, but he missed that. And at that point, we sort of thought, well, was that his opportunity? Was that his Carnoustie 2007 moment again? Had he let it pass him by once again? And then going to the playoff... You know, the shots, the, the way that Sergio played the playoff, obviously Justin, you know, slightly reeled a little bit in the playoff, hit a poor tee shot, couldn't quite get out of trouble. Very nearly made a, a miraculous par, but the way that Sergio played that last hole on in, in, in the playoff, sudden death, you know, the tee shot, the second shot, and then holding the putt was just the icing on the cake. And it seemed that there with those three shots and with that putt and just that incredible celebration that he had almost exercised just 20 years almost of just disappointments and heartache and hurt in major championships, that weight of baggage, that weight of history. And, um, you know, oh, and I can't recall the last time I saw quite so much of an exuberant celebration. And not just from Sergio, from the fans who were there, the patrons, they were so behind him. People on social media were incredibly behind him. It was just an, a wonderfully popular victory. And um, I must say, you know, it's we, we obviously didn't see it coming at times, but the way he played there was so impressive. And um, have you seen quite so much goodwill towards a major winner in recent times, Owen? No, I don't think I have. I think the thing is with Sergio is that everybody can recognise a little bit of themselves. Um, all of us golfers who are, who are club golfers or casual golfers out there playing can recognise the trials and tribulations that he's been through um, and really can associate with him uh, and his mentality and, and his frustrations with the game. And um, mm. I think that that celebration really showed a lot. It was It was almost not... It was pure joy, but it was also... Um, something beyond that some sort of vindication of himself the way he reacted yeah. was it wasn't so much yes I've won this and I, I've proved it to everybody else it was more uh, from within himself and it was a it was proving to himself that he could do it um, and I think that's where that pure emotion uh, came out. I thought it was an absolutely fabulous celebration and, and just pure emotion it was almost electrical you could feel it coming through the tv screen um, yeah, and I, I yeah. just, uh, yeah, it's absolutely brilliant. It's sport at its very, very best. 
Oh, it certainly was. It was pure and just a sheer just emotional reaction. It was incredible. And uh, it was almost transcendent. It sort of spoke so many different emotions and feelings at that moment. And uh, like you say there with Sergio, I think in the past he had questioned himself, uh, his, his mentality, his attitude, his ability to close out majors, to be, to fulfill his potential as a golfer. We remember now for you know, so many years of being such an incredible talent, but he's had a fantastic career, a great Ryder Cup player, won so many events, but I hadn't quite crossed it in the major championship. And in the end, whether it's fair or unfair, that's how we really judge golfers. Uh, but you're right there about Sergio in terms of his the way people relate to it. I think unlike so many sportsmen nowadays who seem to have this veneer around them and you can't, they're almost impenetrable, you can't get through them. Sergio always seems very human to me. And uh, he puts his, you know, his emotions are always there to see, good and bad. And he's he's made mistakes in the past. He's done some very silly things in the past. Uh but he's always been human, and we can connect to that. Like you say, you know, we've all been there as well. And I think that's why we always relate to him, flaws and all, is that in the end, he's a very human player, a very emotional player, and that's something that we don't often see in sport overall these days, and that's something we connect with. But looking at Sergio with the moment, obviously winning it, and winning it on Seve's birthday, that was a slightly overplayed angle, but it was there, obviously it ticked that box as well. He's happy off the course, engaged to be married, of course. These are all kind of narratives that were played out. And, uh, and it is true, you know, there is an element of truth to that. You know, he's happy off the course. He seems more mature now as a player. Had that great win in Dubai earlier this year, of course, as well. So he seems in a very good place. And I, I always thought, I was always a believer, and I always thought that, you know, Sergio was going to finally pick up a major at some point. I must say this was not the one I would have chosen. I really fancied him to pick up an open in the future. But now that he's got this major, oh, and he's only 37 years of age, you know, he's still such a great ball striker, still has a great future in the game, potentially many years ahead of him. You know, now he's got this monkey off his back. He's got that first major. He said last night that he was finally not now the, the best player not to win a major. He would, he'd be quite happy being the best player to win one major. Quite a funny line. But do you think now he could potentially go on, go on and pick up another major or two in the next two or three years? Yeah, I've been thinking about this uh, quite a lot uh, since, since he won and um, really looked at... Um, you know what he's done, and, and whether this is a monkey off his back, so to speak. And um, yeah, I think it is. I think I think this will free him up massively. And he has had this talent for for so long since he was 21, 22 years old. I remember him battling uh, Tiger Woods and that amazing running jump that he did, um, and he came so close to winning major yeah. at that point. And he may well have won five, six, seven majors by now if he'd got that over the line. And mm-hmm. there's still time for him. I mean, 37-year-old is not very old in golf at all. Um, it's not that long ago before this younger generation came along that we felt golf has peaked at the ages yeah. between 35 and maybe the early 40s. So I think he's got some time. And I, I was thinking about some of the ironies in, in where we find ourselves in golf right now and the fact that you've got this younger generation that um, has always been billed against battling against Tiger Woods uh, and, and Tiger Woods leading the older generation. And, and actually, with Phil Mickelson being a bit older, maybe Sergio is the one that's going to come through uh, and be the one that all the kids are going to be trying to beat. And, and if Sergio mm-hmm. really, really wants it and the hunger's there, and it certainly seemed that way last night, he could, uh, I could easily see him winning three, four, five majors now, uh, now, that, now that he's freed up. And I think we, it's, it's really exciting times to golf. Yeah, absolutely. And it's funny you mentioned that because I saw a tweet earlier on from uh, Jason Sobel uh, of uh, ESPN, I think he's at now, and he mentioned that Sergio was actually the oldest winner on the PGA Tour this year by four years. And that just shows you kind of the 
this new generation of golfers coming through and, and Sergio could be one of the it seems strange to say that given we all always kind of felt Sergio he's always been the young guy you know the kind of the young part of the Ryder Cup team the junior partner but now he is one of the senior players one of the one of the one of the veterans almost and uh you could be right there in terms of him being kind of the leader of the the older guys going forward, but certainly a guy who could also stake that claim is Justin Rose, who you know a guy who obviously has a U.S. Open under his belt. He looked so good yesterday. He was just he was he had a really good strong game plan. Looked calm and composed throughout. You know, didn't really make too many mistakes. Missed a couple of putts here or there at crucial moments, perhaps in the thirteenth, making you know, obviously crossing the creek in two shots, not making birdie there with a disappointment. Dropping a shot in 17, of course, in the way he played the playoff hole. But Justin, you know, he's, he's such a good player. We almost forget how good he is because he's quite unassuming. He's not one of the bigger flashy personalities. But in terms of his, his game, he's just he's perfectly suited to major championships. And he'll be disappointed today. But obviously, he showed his class by the way he uh, congratulated Sergio. And his comments afterwards were incredibly gracious. Uh, but Justin Rose, you know, obviously, was trying to follow Danny Willett and being a winner for England last year. Um, you know, so you know Justin Owen, he's such a good player. You know he's obviously Olympic champion from last year. Has you know, could he along with Sergio? You know, we look at Justin going forward this year and into the coming years ahead. Do you think he's going to be potentially a, a strong contender as he approaches his forties as well? Yeah, I think so. I think he has really uh, settled into life in America, settled into the PGA Tour over over recent yeah. years, and and really is now gearing his entire game around the four majors of the season. And he obviously did that with the Olympic Games last year as well. And I, I can't see him not competing for, for the next five, six, seven years for the majors. Um, you know, and, and he will knock on the door quite a few times. And, and golf's a funny game in that you, you lose a lot more than you win. And, and it's about being there when it matters on those last few holes at a major. And the more times he does that, uh, the more majors he will win. And I certainly see him... Um, doing that many more times over the next few years. Um, certainly at the Masters, uh, I think the Open. I think that his game suited is so strong; it's suited to all of these uh, yeah. uh, major venues. And yeah, he'll be knocking on the door, and I'd be very surprised if he doesn't pick up a couple more major titles before he's done. I, I certainly agree with that. And we also saw Charles Schwartzel, the former champion of six years ago, he finished in third on six under par, three shots back of leading two. And then a tie for fourth, we had Matt Kuchar, who had that hole in one in 16 and gave the ball to that little kid with a funny hat, which is a great moment, obviously. But he was also tied there in fourth place by Thomas Peters, a young Belgian, making his debut this year, 25 years of age. We saw how you know incredibly strong he was under pressure last year at the Ryder Cup, really being Europe's best player last year. Uh, Hazeltine and in this year he's come in you know Masters debut he kind of demystified the event by saying oh, you know it's just another golf tournament it's just another course and he came up there and he played so aggressively in the back nine and he looked like potentially posting a number if it wasn't for the top two playing so well towards the end but oh and looking at Thomas Peters you know he has such he has all these tools so much confidence a, a strong attitude just how far could you see him going in the game in the next few years? Uh, all the way. I mean, he's, he's definitely a major champion of the future and probably is a multiple major champion of the future. Yeah. It's very hard to see him not doing that. One of the big challenges for him will be playing more on the PGA Tour. Something just with the very nature of the way golf is set up at the moment with the majors, the fact that you've got uh, three of them in America. You have to, if you want to compete uh, you know, for majors um, year in, year out, I do believe you need to play quite a bit in America. It's just the way it's set up. And how he will transition from the European tour 
uh, and playing in Europe to playing a little bit more in America and dealing with those courses and dealing with the lifestyle over there will will go a long way to telling us how how many majors he will win because he'll certainly win some. Uh, he's got the game for it, and I really like the way that he has steadily progressed through the ranks. It's not uh, it's not such a big burst onto the scene where he's won a major very young. Everyone's talking about him and he's struggling to deal with the pressure. It seems a step-by-step progress uh, uh, with him. And I think that's going to stand him in really good stead. Yeah, I certainly agree with that. And uh, you mentioned there are multiple major champion potentially in the future. And one guy who already is one of those is Rory McIlroy, who of course was going for the career Grand Slam this week, uh, chasing history. And it just didn't quite happen for him the first couple of days. Certainly the first day, he didn't play very well with his long game at all. Uh, but he scrambled quite well the first couple of days, got himself into you know, relative uh, touching distance. But then yesterday, he just didn't quite make a... Enough, sorry, Saturday, didn't make quite enough of a charge to get into contention for Sunday. But Rory, he's there again, Owen, you know, a tie for seventh. Last round of 69... You know, he's, he's, he's getting more consistent all the time at Augusta National, uh, but he still hasn't quite found that extra gear to get right into the heat of the battle on Sunday. You know, he's only 27 years of age. You know, he has so many more opportunities to come. You know, do you see, how, how would you assess Rory's week and how do you see him going forward into the rest of this year when we get towards the other majors? Well, I actually think Rory had uh, a fairly poor week, to be honest, and, and, um, you know, Rory's going to win the Masters via his ball striking um, yeah. and where he puts the ball on the golf course. Now, we talked, uh, if you listened to last week's podcast, we talked very much about him turning 75s into 71, 72s round Augusta. Yeah. And, and he did that on Thursday. He really played absolutely, really terribly tee to green. He was mm-hmm. pretty awful. Uh, didn't hit many greens in regulation at all, but saved it with his with his chipping, especially um, some good gutsy uh, par putts. Um, but I still believe with Rory, there's two things with him around Augusta. Um, I think, one, he still hasn't figured out how to play the golf course. Um, he's not playing it that smart. If you look at the way that Jordan Spieth maybe plays it, um, he knows where to miss. He's very, very disciplined. And Rory seems to want to just overpower the golf course a lot of the time. And you can do that undoubtedly around Augusta. But I don't think he's quite figured out how to play uh, that, that smartly. And the other thing with Rory around there is I think he just wants it so bad uh, and he, he, mm. he really, really wants it. that He almost needs to get out of his own way a little bit and, and let it happen. Uh, and I think that that will come with age and a bit of maturity and he'll learn to be a bit more patient, um, just like Sergio has done uh, this week. And, and I think when that yeah. happens, he will win and, and he'll win two or three green jackets. But he's got to let that happen first. Um, and uh, this week it just showed he isn't quite there yeah, in terms of maturity, I don't think. Yeah. Yeah, and obviously has uh, Sergio has 10 years on him, so he has, he has plenty of time to catch up with that. Yeah. But you mentioned there, Owen, Jordan Spieth, who, of course, was really one of the favourites going into the weekend. He'd somehow got himself back into contention after that nine on the first day, you know, 75, coming back from 10 shots behind in the first round to get right in the mix. And uh, it, for some reason, it just didn't happen for him on Sunday. You know, he looked right off. Every part of his game, his tee shots were off there, his iron shots, wrong distances, coming up short all the time, his putting, he was struggling with the pace at times in the greens. It was a very strange round for Jordan, unexpected really given his record at Augusta. And Ricky Fowler had a poor round on Sunday as well. And they were in the penultimate pairing, two young Americans, your know, home favourites, and they didn't deliver at all on the weekend. You know, you know for those two, Owen, do you just put it down to being one of those days or was there anything else there, do you think? I, uh, yeah, I think for Jordan, it was definitely one of those days. It's um, 
he'd got himself into a position to win, which was absolutely incredible. And and uh, we've talked about his mental strength before. And I think that nine would have beaten nearly everybody in the field, uh, especially coming off the back of what he did at the 12th in 2016. So um, it yeah. just is, is mind-boggling how mentally strong he is. It is it's crazy um, that he even managed to get into that position. And I think golf is a fickle game. And sometimes, and we all know this, you get out of bed one day and, and it's just not quite there. Uh, and like yeah. I said earlier in the, in the podcast, the you know you lose a lot more than you win in, in in major championships, and you have to be there or thereabouts a lot of times to pick up you know eight, nine, ten major championships, which I'm sure he'll do. Uh, and these this was just one of those occasions where he was there, but didn't the door didn't open for him, and and he just wasn't on it. Um, with Ricky, I, I do I worry about him, and I feel that he's almost getting into the mould of Sergio Garcia. He's this young star that burst on the scene. Everyone's got very, very high expectations of him. And he's obviously got mm-hmm. masses amount of talent, hits the ball a very long way, uh, especially for his size. Obviously got a great short game, holds out incredibly well. But, yeah. you know, there's a lot of pressure on him and, and he keeps missing and he keeps keeps getting into positions and not quite getting over the line. And the longer this goes on, the longer he doesn't do it while the likes of Spieth are doing it, um, the more pressure is going to be on him. And, you know, hopefully he believes in himself because I think he's certainly good enough to win uh, win a major, uh, if not several. So I, I do fear for him slightly more. And I think his his uh, backtracking yesterday was a lot more worrying than, than Spieth's uh, for his um, short and medium-term future, certainly. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, you're looking at the, the Masters as a whole, you know, obviously an incredibly exciting back nine there. You know, great drama and frolling back and forth, twists and turns, really moments. And again, kind of showpiece moments like that eagle in 15, the two shots in 16, the winning putt, the great celebration, the colour. It was just magical. And, uh, you know, where do you think this Masters, you know, obviously we're just, uh, it's just, it's just happened. So it's hard to kind of assess it fully. But where do you think this Masters sort of ranks with some of the, the majors, some of the Masters of more recent years, Owen? Yeah, I think it's pretty high up there, I have to say. It definitely had tones of uh, last year's Open Championship where you had Mickelson and Stenson going mm-hmm. blow for blow. Admittedly, it wasn't quite on that scale and lasting for that long, but it but it certainly yeah. had tones of that, and that was one of the all-time major great uh, great major championships, let alone great Opens. And um, mm-hmm. so I think, you know, in terms of Masters, um, you get ones which are amazing because someone runs away with it, like Tiger did, uh, or Spieth has done in the past, and... And I think, you know, this one will be remembered because of the fact you had two guys there, maybe slightly frail with their putting, but brilliant ball strikers, uh, really going at it uh, head-to-head down down that back nine. Um, yeah, it's certainly up there. One of my favourites, certainly, that, that I've ever watched. Yeah, it was it was unquestionably dramatic and intoxicating to watch. And I suppose it was kind of a regret, you know, therefore, that when you watch an event like that, it's a shame that... The BBC obviously covered the Masters this year, uh, along with Sky. And uh, when you see events like that, like the Open last year, which of course was not live on the BBC, it seems increasingly just remiss for the game and then for BBC not to invest more in golf. Because when it's like that, it's just incredibly entertaining. And that's the sort of thing that uh, inspires people to take up golf and get involved with it. But Owen, when you look at the Masters, obviously now where it's passed... We're in the golf season, really. It's springtime. The sun is shining here in St Andrews, Owen, believe it or not. It's lovely. No, Temperature's quite nice, too. <laughs> no, it, trust me, it is. You can look at the webcam. It's true. It's Honestly, it's true. It's wonderful. It never rains here. Don't believe the critics. They're wrong. And um, it only rains when the Open's on here, I'm afraid. That seems to be the case. 
every other time of year it's lovely. But, um, but yeah, so obviously, you know, this time of year, golfers now have watched the Masters, they've been inspired by that. They want to go out in the golf course, they'll hit the range tonight, this week, um, get on the course, play nine holes during the week. Obviously, the weekend, we might get into first medals of the year, perhaps. So, you know, looking into um, this month ahead, Owen, you know, just just how inspirational has the Masters been for you as a golfer getting out and playing, and just how much do you think it will inspire golfers this year to get out and play? Uh, well, I, yeah, it's absolutely, it's absolutely fantastic. The fact that we've got the weather at the moment here in the UK uh, to do that as well. I certainly went out. I was inspired. Yep. I played 36 holes yesterday um, and uh, suffering the consequences today. Uh, had my shorts on for the first time and burnt the back of my leg. So, uh, oh yeah, I, it's, it just shows the weather's uh, so fantastic. So it is inspirational. It is fantastic. I think, um, you know, there, there's going to be lots of opportunity now that the clocks have changed. Uh, like I say, here in the UK, the golfers to get out, uh, take advantage yeah. of some twilight deals as well after work and get out playing. Um, and just to touch on a point, I think it is hugely sad um, that we don't have mass access to, to golf on the TV uh, now uh, it is a sign of the times uh, unfortunately yeah. uh, but it would be great to have millions and millions watching it um, and, and golf really is uh, one of the best of sports and you can see the sportsmanship on show as well um, you know the way that, that Rose and Garcia dealt with each other um, yeah. you know it's a great advert for golf and it's very sad that we can't bring this game um, to the mass population uh, like we used to um, it, mm-hmm. it's, quite, it's quite disappointing Um but it just showed golf is a great game. And one thing I did want to mention that we didn't touch on earlier was the fact that golf is, always seems to be in the headlines and the back pages uh, in the newspapers um, for quite a lot of the wrong reasons recently, especially with the Muirfield vote, um, uh, the, yeah. the women um, being allowed into the club uh, eventually, um, which, which was, took ridiculously uh, long and far too long. And then with the Lexi yeah. Thompson debacle, uh, the Justin, mm. um, sorry, um, Dustin Johnson won last year. Um, the fact that golf is now on the back pages for a good reason is is absolutely fantastic and hopefully inspires a lot of people to get out there playing. Yeah, absolutely. I couldn't agree more with that. And I think you're right about the you know, positive headlines for the game. It was the same last year at True and obviously just it was the sport at its best and uh, two guys going head to head. And it always seems to me that you know, stroke play becomes more interesting when it's just when it's two guys going head to head, when it becomes match play, essentially. Those dynamics are there. And obviously Rose and, and Garcia, you know, two great Ryder Cup players. So it seemed quite fitting. Therefore, that's kind of what it came down to in the end, the two of them going head to head back and forth. And uh, it was certainly enthralling. We mentioned there were golfers being inspired to go out and play. Obviously, here at Golf Shake, you know, we, uh, that's what we're about. Golfers getting out and playing, playing more, improving their games, lowering their scores, getting better handicaps, enjoying the game, trying different different courses out, leaving their reviews. And we'd encourage everybody to get involved and do that this year. But obviously, this month we have a campaign on Golf Shake at Fairway Finders, uh, which is obviously a great campaign where folk can get involved, try and hit more fairways, improve their scores, and have a chance to win some very nice gear at the same time. So, Owen, tell us more about Fairway Finders and why golfers should get involved with that this month. Yeah, so this is a campaign, uh, a challenge actually that we've uh, run on Golf Shake uh, before, two years ago. We've teamed up with Cobra Puma Golf. Um, and really it's all about trying to inspire golfers uh, to improve their games from the tee uh, and get better, whether that's through course management or technique um, from mm. the tee and hit a lot more fairways. And and like you mentioned, Kieran, here at Golf Shake, we're very much a stat tracking site. Uh, we believe passionately in improving golfers games that's why we're here that's why the site was created in the first place Uh, and this is really just a a vehicle to make that a little bit more interesting a bit more fun 
to get you guys out there and really challenge you to do this. And there's a couple of ways uh, you can take part. You can um, every time you track your your fairway and regulation stats on the site or the free to use uh, or free to download Goalshake apps on Android or um, iOS, you uh, will be entered into a sweepstake to win uh, a Cobra Puma prize pack, which is a driver fairway and hybrid of the new F7 range. Um, so we've got three of those to give away and it's an absolutely fantastic prize and we'll make sure you get fitted up for those correctly. Um, so that's one way you can enter. And another way you can enter is um, really we're all about engaging and, and seeing golfers, average golfers, normal golfers out there uh, playing, enjoying uh, the golf courses in the UK. Um, and um, we want to see your pictures on the first tee or whatever tee it is, whether it's a picture or a video teeing off, uh, a selfie on the first tee with your mates, whatever it might be. Um, and if you post those to social media, either on Facebook, Instagram or Twitter, using the hashtag FairwayFinders2017, um, you can get, get be in with a chance of winning that prize pack as well. And we've also got a weekly prize, um, just as a bit of encouragement to, to share your photos um, from Puma Golf, which is a, a pair of Titan Tour Ignite, Ignite Disc shoes, which you saw Ricky wear uh, throughout the Masters. So there's a couple of ways um, to, to do it and there's a couple of ways to get involved. And then I should say on top of that, we've actually created a, a, a load of videos, around 13, 14 videos um, with some PGA professionals, uh, Cobra Puma ambassadors, uh, to give you some tips and tuition along the way as well, um, just to help you with those goals. Hopefully you can you know, look at your fairway regulation stats at the start of, uh, of this month and then the end of the month, having watched the videos and, and really improved your game. So um, that's what it's all about. If you visit www.goalshake.com forward slash fairway finders, uh, you'll be able to find uh, those videos and a little bit more information on the challenge. So, yep, just a lot of good fun. It certainly is. And obviously the Masters, we have also kind of a post-Masters blues and you're feeling, well, another year until the next one. But I think the best way to recover from that is to get out in the golf course, in the sunshine, wear your shorts, try not to burn your legs like Owen and enjoy golf, record your stats and uh, hopefully win some great prizes on Golf Shake. And there'll be more of that throughout the year, I'm sure. Uh, Owen, thanks again for your time this week. Uh, it was fun and hard to believe that time has come and gone already. And uh, You'll put some cream in those legs, Owen, eh? I will do. Yeah, I've got the ice packs on them as we speak here. <laughs> Excellent. <laughs> Thanks very much, everybody, for listening. And we'll be here next week. Uh, enjoy the great game of golf. Get out on the course. Hit the fairways. Improve your stats. And play well. Enjoy the game. Thanks, everybody. Cheers.